you protect what you love. Hunting is a life, not a lifestyle, it's a life. This is Hunters to show people how great of a job we're doing for conservation, providing for ourselves all the things you and I understand. I think you kind of owe it to the animal that you're hunting to be as prepared as possible. You know, as I get older, I appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience. And rolling. So, definitely before we get into today's episode, we've been on kind of a break because uh, Christmas holidays and New Year's and everybody. uh, Pneumonia, strep throat. A little bit of everything. (laughs) We had a lot going on. Good things and bad things. But uh, definitely one thing that has happened over that break is if you have not checked it out yet, y'all need to go check out the new Primo's website, primos.com. Troy, have you had a chance to look at it yet? Well, it's funny you say that. Being um, I was homesick four days prior to y'all even going, coming home for uh, the Christmas holidays. Mm-hmm. Actually, five days. I left here feeling like heck one day. And yeah, you come, was bad sick. Man, come to find out I had pneumonia in one lung and strep throat. And I was, you know, this time of the year, we all tend to get pretty cranky. But anyway, being stuck at home, I, I have. When we're here... Even though we do have internet service and we we have all those those capabilities, we don't have a lot of time to to spend on our own websites and doing our own things because we're so busy. But I did uh, the days I was home, I was going through it with a fine tooth comb, and um, being as it's ours, you know, you kind of partial to it, but don't get to spend a lot of time building it because that's marketing's job and some other folks that are working on our website and that thing's mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Right. The information, the 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 up-to-dateness of it is to, to me it's just it's first class i like it it's and it's easy for a you know um, I actually i got that book at my house um computers for dummies and i still read it <laughs> that's me but i like it i really do it's got a lot of information a lot of new information and all the products that are that are updated the new stuff that we coming in it's it's strong i, yeah. I like it i and really do the, like the, it. definitely the biggest feature about it is now you know, you see a product on there, you can go on the website, you can buy it, and you can get it shipped straight to your door. Yep. So e-commerce. You know, if you need a grunt call, if you need a trigger stick, if you need a blind, if it's if it's a Primo's product, you can go on there and get it, and that's something we've been wanting to do for a while. And it's it's really cool and it's really user friendly. So definitely had to talk about that. But uh, now we got a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on. Jeez, it's been, it seems like here we are 2019, and, and last year at this same time, um, we were focused on the the rut again, mm-hmm. uh, like it is this time of the year, but this time of the year and this year, we're focused on running, uh, and not running for our health, but running for our life from <laughs> right. the, the muddy Mississippi River. Yeah. Holy smokes, it's, this water. She's merciless. Some Some years she can be so good to you, and some years that river can be so mean. And it's and it happens so fast when it starts. And, and the good thing about today and today's world is technology is mm-hmm. we know it's coming. Um, with with everybody with, with stuff on the website with all the information that you get and some of the people that we personally know that are in that business mm-hmm. and keeping up with the river stages and all that stuff and um, biologists and be able to know that that water's coming and that big rush of water's coming down the river and um, beings we're, we're from this part of the world. And knowing that you can prepare for it kind of reminds me of preparing for a hurricane down in South Louisiana where I'm from. And you, you just mm-hmm. you go through the same routine. You almost have a checklist, what to pick up, what to get out, and the things that have to get over the levees and out of the, the way of the high water and the winds, where in this case we're just dealing with high water and, and a lot of it and fast. Uh, the good thing is, unlike the 2015 flood that we had here when you and I stayed here for four days. Right. And, 
just took every took us four straight days to get everything out of here. This water's going to come up, stay up for about four days, and start going right back down. down. And usually when it goes down, it goes down just as fast, if not faster, than it came right. up. Right, and so it's not going to get as high right. at the crest because like yeah, forty-four, forty-five bad. foot, something yeah. like that. I've been uh, very fortunate. I, um, a friend of mine, which uh, he listens to this podcast, a friend of mine, Drew, that works for the uh, Army Corps of Engineers at the, in the water management, mm-hmm. has been giving me constant updates on yeah. what's been happening what's been happening because another thing that we have to deal with um hunting inside these levees is you know if it hits a certain stage they'll shut the season they down shut the season i think arkansas is shutting down at 49 mississippi's mm-hmm. closing at 40 43 or 44 right. something like that which is going to happen in about three days yeah and um it's actually and that's actually kind of been better than it was because we thought it was going to hit 40 i think the original forecast that we saw it was going to hit 43 like today or tomorrow yeah. and they pushed it back back up two days which is which is good for us um, you know, there's a good big portion of, of cottonmouth that's still out. Yeah. Um, the deer are still chasing. They're still rutting. I, I think the rut never did really stop. Mm-mm. I think it had a little bit of a delay because of all the wind. But a lot of the big mature bucks that we're seeing, you can tell they're rutted down. Yeah. Um, still re- couple real of, run. Yeah, down, a couple yeah. of deer we saw yesterday was like, is that a three-year-old, two-year-old, four-year-old? And, you know, I was lucky enough to kill one yesterday, just an old six-point yeah. that I shot. And if you're looking at him walking around in the woods, it was hard to tell. He looked like a three-year-old, but he's probably a five- or six-year-old yeah. deer just totally run down. I mean, heck, when we got back to camp uh, talking about that six-point, and I want to get into more details about that hunt later uh, in this, but um, we went through old trail cameras and found a picture of that six-point, mm-hmm. and he looked like a cow. Mm-hmm. It just showed how it much he – yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he, he looked like he was – yeah, he looked 230, 240 pounds. I think every uh, – you know, the biologists will tell you, and, and I think it really depends, too, on, on the food source, the stress, and all the things mm-hmm. that come with, with the rut, depending on the, the geographical, geography that you're in or where you're hunting at. Mm-hmm. Um, 50, 40 to 45 to 50 to 55 pounds of weight loss that they that yeah. they lose. And if it was that, and they do that in a period of about two weeks. Yeah. I wish I could do that. Um, <laughs> but i can't right. yeah um but if i did what they did once a year i could probably do it yeah um but you know to know the deer and that to me that's the beauty of trail cam pictures mm-hmm. and knowing your deer early in the year when when they're at their full potential and that they're fighting body weight that way if you do see them or you don't kill them when they're at their full body weight and they're what i consider fighting weight if you don't see them then you see them late in the season when they run down. You know that deer. Yeah, and you can't. The there's there's no yeah. there's no is he three is he four because it, right. it's hard. It is hard. And I'm not and I, like I'm not as good at it as you know like you or Brad that have looked at so many more of them than I have. Even y'all say this time of year it's hard. It I mean and even it's their so racks difficult. look bigger because they yeah. lose so much weight. You mm-hmm. know they look they look a ton bigger than they really are. So the, you know your first your first response to a deer when you see him is especially a hunter. You're looking at the rack. Boom. That's the first thing you see. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, what a deer. That's what you your start, eyes get drawn and to. Then, and then you start studying him, and then you start second-guessing yourself. But if you see his rack and you recognize the rack from pictures that you've had early in the season, you immediately know. And yeah. uh, on that particular hunt, there was another deer in there that was a lot bigger deer rack-wise, prettier deer, um, but a whole heck of a lot younger. Right. And, and to see those two standing together, actually this deer was in better shape than the one I shot. Mm-hmm. And to – you know, most people, when they do see that, and we were talking about that yesterday, when they see this footage, they're going to, in their mind, they're going to be thinking, Troy's fixing to shoot that eight point, and then the six point next to him falls over. So <laughs> I hate to give it away, but it's it's part of it's part of the process, and it's part yeah. of, of great deer management, yeah. what we're doing. The deer that I killed, you know, he was a great deer, great old mature deer, but 
something we're trying to get it get out of the herd let's let's side note like a little bit just to t- because you know we, we are a little unique unless some of the i'm sure some of the p- folks listen to this hunt inside the levees as well mm-hmm. but majority of them probably don't you know no so but one th- so you know us dealing with the high water you know that's probably a little bit somewhat unique to us but dealing with post rut bucks and trying to age them for people that are hunting somewhere that are on a management plan or are trying to do the right thing that's not you know unique to us everyone deals with that mm-hmm. so you know if they're if you're looking at a post rut buck and they you know like we were talking about earlier if it's not a deer that you know if it's just a buck you haven't seen any walks out there you personally what do you look at you know because you, you can't go off body weight to show run down no you first, know, well, what first, are you looking at first thing i look at is her head mm-hmm. um that doesn't change a lot uh, if you look at that deer i shot yesterday and he walked out he looked funny yeah actually you even made the comment look that's my big my big headed cousin craig <laughs> and and he did his head was huge yeah um little skinny neck mm-hmm. and, and just just walking like an old deer he yeah. had that old deer look he's just you could tell he was wore out he was tired and then having that other deer come out with him um being in the shape that he was in helped that as well yeah but i was looking at his head i was looking at his shoulders and you tend to want to look back at the back end mm-hmm. uh, they're going to be run down so much that their hips are just going to be sticking yep. out and and you know if you don't know him i look at it this way if you have to second guess yourself and you're shooting that deer based on rack and rack only, um, don't shoot him. Yeah, just I agree. let him go. If you're hunting a place where there's not a lot of pressure, or you are you worried about somebody else killing your deer, and if he's made it to that point in the season anyway, which mm-hmm. is post rut late season, he's probably gonna make it yeah. through the season anyway. So let him go and start doing your trail cam pictures early and see what he is when he starts coming yeah. back up. But I look again. I look for the chest, the shoulders. Yeah. You know, a lot of times they'll have all that weight that they put on early in the season when it goes off. It's just like me and you when we lose all that weight, things start to sag, <laughs> and they'll have a big deep chest. They'll yeah. have saggy skin under yeah, their chin, saggy yeah. neck and stuff. So it's it's not hard to do it once you see two or three of them uh, as you've spent time hunting through the years. But there's always that one where you just go, man, I just don't know. And you know, if you don't, if you don't know, don't shoot him. Just yeah. let him go. It ain't gonna hurt nothing. Yeah, no, and I agree. And you know, and that's talking to guys that are hunting. You know, maybe if they're hunting in Mississippi, if they're hunting DMAP properties mm-hmm. or managed properties, if you're doing QDM or anything like that. On the flip side, if you're hunting 40 acres and you know, and you're doing what you can, and you know, and it's just a deer yeah, passing. And through. a three-year-old buck is a is a you know a mature buck to you. Then I you know yeah. I ain't faulting no, anybody. No. I'm just yeah. I've seen some three-year-olds that'll make you go, "Holy moly, yeah. what a buck!" You yeah, know? that's just and worth. If that's what you want to kill, and it makes you happy. And you're not on a big program, man. Go for it. Go ahead. Look, I still, I still go by the law of the land, just like old Phil Robertson said years ago. If it's legal, and you're happy with it, don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Agree. Shoot the deer if you yeah. want to shoot. Agree. Yep. Yeah, we do this on Cottonmouth just because we're, you know, it's it's a it's a very you know that river land is special mm-hmm. and, and we have the opportunity to, to manage a place like we do but you know if i go hunt some of my family family land back at home i don't hunt it that way no. because it's not it's not the same that's right but uh yeah that was i definitely wanted to speak on that because i we get questions about that a lot or that talked about a lot of someone well, and you can't blame people for looking at what we do and seeing the deer that we pass up they think man i'd never pass that deer up and you know what i probably won't either in certain places yeah depends on where i'm hunting who i'm hunting with and what program you're on mm-hmm you know, growing up as a young boy in South Louisiana, if that joker had hair, I killed it. <laughs> yeah. Daylight or dark. Yeah. that's a, if, <laughs> When I was a kid, man, as long as in, until if it was legal, 
boom. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just how and it And that rolled. comes back from the old running running dogs. You mm-hmm. know, when you were running dogs, if a deer came running by, you didn't have time to study it. You mm-hmm. killed it. They just and most of the time deer. you walked up on it and realized, dang, I just killed a really good buck. You didn't even see his horns. Yeah, you just shot. <laughs> I wonder, what'd you get? I don't know. Let's go see him. <laughs> uh, I still got some family somewhere along the line that hunts like that and they have a good time and and i do too i I got a a place that i hunt down in louisiana in lottie louisiana it's a huge club that a good friend of ours started many many years ago and you know they they run dogs on it and they also still hunt it uh and the way it works is a lot of times it's okay to run the dogs they're not strictly running the dogs say and making a drive on a certain piece of property because it's sixteen thousand acres but you're still hunting, but the dogs actually, it, it's such a big thicket and it's a swamp that the dogs keep the deer moving mm-hmm. and get them in and out of areas where they're at. And it doesn't really hurt the still hunting, but they do have sections that they dog hunt and they have sections that they still hunt. And um, I, I don't get me wrong, I still like a good dog drive every now yeah. and then, especially if you spent two or three months sitting in the woods still hunting uh, in a stand and you, you want to go have some excitement, go listen yeah. to those dogs run. Yeah, I've got friends that, that love dog hunting. I've got friends that hate it. I've got friends that are indifferent about it. Mm-hmm. Me, like you're saying, if if the people that are doing it are doing it right, hey, then again, you ain't bothering uh, me. You know? right. Again, if it's legal, man, have at it if that's what you like yeah. to do. Yeah, as long as you as long as you walk in the line not doing anything wrong or doing anyone that's wrong, right. go ahead. Um, So let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about something def- like, we, you know, the river's coming up. And that has absolutely changed our hunting mm. this past, well, when we just started this past end of last week. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that because, you know, we, we, we've gone from using our Polaris Rangers as our main source of transportation to we couldn't do that anymore because there's 12 feet of water there. I so know. now we're having to boat around. And how how much has that changed, you know, what we're doing? It does. It, it Knowing the river and knowing what's coming, helps us prepare for that happening and and it's in in such a way that you you bring equipment to higher ground to save it but you also bring equipment to higher ground that you're going to be hunting to be able to get around um we got a couple of trucks and a couple of polaris rangers on the higher parts of of mississippi here at Catmouth that we're um we're able to hunt until they close the season and without that i mean you could still hunt it but goodness gracious some i mean like last night I had to drag my deer a couple of hundred yards to the boat, mm-hmm. and Brad had to drag his a couple of hundred yards to get it to the Polaris Ranger right. to get it to the boat, right. and then boat the deer back in. But having that equipment and knowing what's coming again and being here and experiencing that over the years, we know what we need to do, when we need to do mm-hmm. it, and what equipment needs to be where. And then when the water gets to a certain level, what equipment, you need to just go ahead and say, all right, guys, enough is enough, because it can get dangerous. Yeah. And there's a lot of things. You also got to be smart. Um, deer hunting deer hunting and doing what we do is 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 crucial and you know when you get to saying that they're going to close the season on us and we're still two or three episodes behind because right. we want to shoot good stuff then mm-hmm. you start thinking okay here's what we're going to have to do and and the river and the parts of the river becomes a personality in itself it does. in our show at this time it's always a part of the show but now it is a big part it's of the a show big because part the river she is dictating everything that we do everything yeah absolutely everything i mean there was a uh i was talking to will yesterday because up until yesterday you know because wilbur and i have been hunting in arkansas because he's mm-hmm. bow hunting mm-hmm. and we've been taking a ranger everywhere because arkansas kind of sits you know higher so it's kind of the last to, to go and you can get around most of that but where we went yesterday the water you know continually coming up we had to take a boat mm-hmm. and uh that was interesting wasn't it <laughs> Okay. If you um, want to hear a story, so, if you want to hear a good story, look, 
and you've heard them before. That's the thing. That's what yeah. amazed me about you deciding to go in a boat with Will yesterday. After all the stories you heard from Jimmy about Will growing up in boats, I would have been like, we're not going in a boat. Or we're going to take two boats. I'll take one and Will will take so another I one. I took – I took to- I wanted to go go in there and make sure – make sure figure uh, – yesterday morning, like, you know, mid midday, I wanted the boat in there, flag, flag my way in. I took Toby with me. Toby's yeah. been down here helping this video, been doing a great job. I said, Toby, can you come with me, you know, flag some of these – you know, I'll get to a spot, flag some of these trees so I can find my way out in the dark when I come back with Will. I want to make, I want to pick my route in and go in there and hang a camera based on a tree, just make sure everything's good. Like, yeah, so me and Toby go in there, launch the boat, flag everything in, go in there, check everything fine, had zero hiccups, none. Dock the boat. I'm like, all right, we're good to go. I'm like, everything's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I go get Will. Your expedition started at the boat right yeah. here, right? Yeah. So before I even, like, I'm getting my camera stuff, and I'm, like, walking towards the boat, and Will, and I look over, and Will is on the back, standing by the back of the boat. The back of the boat's in the water, but, you know, it's shallow because I pulled it up on the bank. Will's standing on the back of the boat, shaking the motor. Like, just holding the motor, just going, I'm like, and I go, what are you doing? He said, I didn't like the way it was sitting on there. I'm like, well, shaking it's not going to help. And I'm like, it's fine. I promise it's fine. I don't. What you have to understand, people, is we're talking about a 20 horsepower, 25 horsepower Mercury. Yeah. And 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 Wilbur just decides he wanted to make sure the transom was strong enough, but he didn't like the motor. It looked crooked. It, it, I guess. I, I was like, I said, Will, I already took it back there. It's fine. So we pushed the boat in the water, and I mean, I cranked the motor. And it's just sitting there and idle. And I put a GoPro on the front of the boat so I could get some footage, right? And I'm looking at my phone because I'm pulling up the GoPro, so I, you know, I have it running off mm-hmm. my phone. And Will, all, all I hear is Will hollering, "Straight, straight, straight!" So I just, I don't even look up. I just, I mean, because we're idling, we're not going fast. I just grab the tiller handle and I point it straight. And soon, and what he was trying to tell me is we were about to run into some shallow ground, which again we're idling, so no yeah, big deal. You just, you just push it back off. Yeah. So we hit the shallow ground. And the boat just kind of starts spinning. I'm still not alarmed. I'm like, okay, it'll give me time to get this GoPro. Will, and Will, Wilbur's mind is the Titanic all yeah. over again. I'm like, well, you know, I'll just get this <laughs> GoPro figured out, and then I'll push this back off. Whatever he did shaking on that motor, as soon as it hit the shallow ground, the whole motor goes boom and tries to fall. I caught it with one hand just about to go in, like, all the way in the water. He loosened. He probably went ahead and loosened the the screws on the front of the motor. I don't know what motor. he did to it. But, it, I mean, and, and this is – I'm not even – I'm I'm, I'm – 20 yards from the ranger and all this has occurred the only the wilbur, only true shame is i hadn't hit record on the gopro yet or we'd have got all oh that gosh wilbur, wilbur forgot the lefty loosey righty tidy method you know he don't understand that part he was up there he said do you need my help i said you stay right there yeah. <laughs> you stay up there sit on your hands on the bow of the boat and face front <laughs> I said stay up there don't come back here you become got, you become a hood ornament I said, i've got this you stay right there i can only imagine what it was like coming out in the dark with him I just I, I had a big Q beam and I said he said you need my help I said just just sit right there I had another light I said hold this light I said if you think I'm about to hit anything holler other than that I got it <laughs> we made oh it out God. one piece that's so. an episode by itself <sighs> hey why is there a sock up there in y'all ceiling fan here in your room uh, if I knew the answer to that I'd tell you. I honestly don't know. I just noticed that. I so did I. Cut into the, but there's a sock hanging from your ceiling. The fan. only thing I could think is Jordan was playing with the dogs and he hung it up there, well, threw it yeah. up there. Delta does like socks. I got to keep my keep my door closed in my room because she comes steals my socks out of my my bag. 
I honestly don't know. I'm, I didn't know that was there, but yeah. now I do. Okay. Um, Back where we were. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about your hunt last night. Well, Jordan and I left here yesterday afternoon, uh, yesterday morning actually, about 930, to go check a couple of spots for these southwest winds we were going to have, and um, mainly to see what the water was doing on the east end of the property. Um, as you know, and, and we've talked about this before, uh, the way Cottonmouth lays, the river is on the very east end mm -hmm. of Cottonmouth. But the water comes in, when it starts coming up, the water comes in from the west end. Yeah. Basically goes all the way around Cottonmouth, comes in through Gasaway Lake, and then yeah. dumps into Cottonwood. And that confused me so bad the yeah. first year it flooded. Because, I, you know, I'm from the Pine Rose and yeah. the high ground. I thought when someone said the river flooded, I was just like, okay, it comes over the banks yeah. and it floods. And the funny part is the river side of the property is the highest part of the property, mm -hmm. which is where the river's at. But anyway, we were going to go see how much water was coming in because we do have a couple of sloughs that basically drain off into the river. And when the water does come up so high, it starts coming up those sloughs and mm -hmm. being able to get in on that east side. Right. So we wanted to go see what a couple of food plots look like, one of them being the bucket patch where I killed the big eight early in the year and um, a couple of other patches and then some stands we got in the woods. And we were driving down the main road, which is the highest part of the property, and we drove past the Chufa patch, which you have and I have, and he has drove, driven by since October. Mm-hmm. And we always drive by it, and there's always some deer standing in it. And we've had trail camera pictures on it of some nice bucks, but we never hunted it. Mm -mm. We never once hunted that spot, not during bow season, not during November, nothing. And we were just driving by, and we were talking, and we both turned our heads and looked at it at the same time. And the way the wind was blowing, we both exactly looked at each other and went, I'd hunt that this afternoon. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let's do that. So we went and checked a couple of spots, and we came back, and we looked at where we would get. And the neat thing about that spot, the way it is, it's now, because of the way the water is, you got water on the east side of it, and you got water on the west side of it. And that ridge that runs along there is running north and south. So yeah. those deer are traveling north and south right now. Anyway, we tried to figure out where we were going to put a blind and what we were going to do if we were going to move the stand. And Jordan looks at me and goes, why don't we just use those new blinds we got? I said, what new blinds? I said, ah, the new surround view stakeout blinds. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, the stakeout blind was, and this blind is also built for turkey hunters, but we decided we was going to use it tomorrow to deer hunt. Right. That afternoon, yesterday, I mean. And so we, we happened to cut a little bit of cane. We came back, put everything up and set up. And, man, we sat down. This is the honest truth. We sat down. And Jordan says, all right, go ahead and do me a little opening. So I start doing my opening, and I'm talking and running my mouth like I do so well. And I look up, and this buck just walked in the corner of the field <laughs> at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I said, well. Matter of fact, Jordan, I said, where do you think the deer are going to come from? He said, I don't know. I said, I think they're going to come from where that deer just came from. <laughs> and from that day, that that's, that time on, it was just, you know, one deer after other. Some does came in, then another little small buck. That's fun. And then they all left the field, and um, they start coming back, and then this one really nice eight-point comes in, white, white rack, and good-looking deer, but he was three-year-old. And yeah. we, we determined that the first time he turned broadside, but – but he was checking every scrape in the field, checking every doe, chasing a couple of does. And just, just the stuff you would see here the first week of December, yeah. second week of December, yeah. we're seeing it now the first week of January, which was really, really cool. And then somewhere around 335 or 340, I hear Brad shoot. Yeah. And, you know, when you're hunting, you, when you're hunting other places, you hear people shoot, you, you question who is it. But there's no doubt who that was and where it was. Right. And Brad was hunting a spot. We've been waiting to hunt for a week now. But Jimmy's been hunting in the new ground food plot and we just been waiting for jimmy to get out of there because of where jimmy wanted to hunt you couldn't hunt nowhere else around it because you would jack jimmy up 
and Jimmy wound up killing deer a couple of days ago. So Brad decided to go and hunt in the woods there and heard him shoot. And we're just sitting there talking about that and look up and all those deer in front of me just left the food plot. Well, what happened was uh, there was a buck in the woods chasing and that other buck went in there. And as you know, when that time of the year, when you mm-hmm. get one deer chasing, everybody wants to see what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Then they started coming back 20 minutes later to eat again. And then that big six point walked out chasing that doe. And uh, behind him comes the eight point. And I thought those two were going to get in a big old fight. But that old six point, he had, he, he was so tired and wore out. He didn't yeah. want have nothing to do with that eight. And they just kept going around in a circle like, like two matadors just walking around trying to figure out who was going to go first. And um, I wound up shooting that big six point. He's, you know, five, six, seven years yeah, old, old at least. Deer. I don't know. But cool old deer. And and we had a good time. The neat thing about that 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 hunt was was at the end of the hunt. The hunt was fun, and it was an, it was interesting to watch everything going on, and and just a great afternoon. Actually, the first day, yeah, it would have been the first day we truly had a whole day of sunlight in the yeah. last month. It feels like that has been rainy and yeah. cloudy, and you can tell it too because the deer felt good, we felt good. There mm-hmm. was ducks coming over, but anyway, meeting Brad that night, sitting on the boat to me was yeah. cool because it it reminded me um of my childhood growing up in south louisiana on trawl boats and and at night when we all would anchor up together in two or three boats we'd have two or three boats anchored close together and you'd everybody would cook something and we'd all have a big supper and my dad and all the guys i grew up around it reminded me of meeting up you know at night at the boat and it was was really neat and that ride in right as the sun was going down because we killed both our deer really early uh, and again, and it's it's in a testament to what we've all decided to do here at Cottonmouth, and that's not hunt mornings. Mm-hmm. And we haven't hunted any mornings at all this year. And now, I mean, goodness gracious, we're killing deer at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. It just proves that pulling that pressure off of them helps. Not yeah. to mention, they're um, they're looking for some food. But what I did notice yesterday, um, when Jordan and I went to check the bucket, and then when we checked the chufa patch and cypress patch. Um, with the amount of rain that we've been having and now with these days getting a little bit longer and, and temperatures rising just a little bit, one thing I did notice is the brassicas in our fruit plots are regenerating. Yeah. Um, the pressure of them came off a little bit, I think, because of the rut and the rain. Right. Um, and it's amazing that how much of that is coming back. But the the amazing part to me is the fall mix and the clover in our fruit plots. So now you got the best of both worlds. You got a brassica in there, and you got a clover in there, and, and these deer needing it right now. Badly. Man, they are coming to that food because we, we have nothing. We've had the coldest November I think we've had. I don't know the records, but it's been a long, long time. I've heard them talk about. I mean, heck, we had our first snow before we had the first frost yeah. here this year. Yeah, it's colder than I can ever yeah. remember it being in November since I've been here. Yep. And then that that's a stressful time for the deer right a now. Lot. And so on that, top of that, you got the water stress, you got the post rut, yep. and you yep. mean it's just it's a lot. And but they, need but that they all looking good. I mean, especially some of the does. You know, body weights are still good, and and everything looks fine. And one of the things that concerns me about this time of the year, when the water gets like it gets here in the, in the bottoms and the river bottom, I've noticed deer when they get that stress that they'll tend to start dropping their antlers a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hadn't seen that yet, but we'll see it just depends on when they decide to close they'll the sure do it if oh, you yeah. put enough stress yep. on them it, i mean it, it'll it definitely can happen you have that and then under like really really stressful conditions of those will abort their babies but absolutely well you know the 2015 flood we all talked about that you yeah. mostly you and i because we were the ones that were here till the very end mm-hmm. and the amount of deer that got on the mississippi river levee when they closed the season and it was so many deer you were thinking gosh it's going to be tough for us mm-hmm. next year and then next year we start hunting and we start seeing those with triplets yeah. Yeah, I, I think it doesn't have, I mean, because 
yes, those will abort their babies under high stress situation. Sure. But these, I mean, it's not like these deer haven't seen this before. No, you know? they know. And and we talked about this a million times. The amazing thing to me is the bucks and the does that make it and, and that come through the flood fine. When the water goes down and you start putting trail cameras out for the next fall and getting everything ready, you see the same deer in the exact same spots they again. They come right back. They know exactly where to go. And, and some of that's miles three, four miles across there to where they got to yeah, get to leave. Especially if they're living in the Africa portion. That's right. It's crazy to me. And they're, 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 they've got to be the toughest white-tail deer, those ones that live inside these levees. Right. If I was one of those deer, I'd find somewhere else. I'd migrate. <laughs> I'd go to the hills. Yeah, just keep going west. Cross that levee, just them. keep going. I'd take my chances. And and, it, and it's sad, too, because, you know, not far from where we where we are here, especially on this other side of the levee, on the outside of the levee, we do have a main highway coming through here. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of deer that wind up getting run over there because yeah. on that side of the levee is the only little bit of timber there is for them to mm-hmm. hide in. And they're trying to do everything they can they, to survive. The The good thing about the Mississippi River levee is um, is the amount of grass that's on it yeah. to sustain those deer for a while while that water's up. That and, and Yeah, when they usually – I remember we, we saw it when we saw them. It was, they were, there's not – not a lot of people do this, but there were a couple of people who got caught, busted, spotlighting, sure. and shooting out the levee, yeah. which is, I have several words I could say about that kind of activity, but um, the the wildlife department officers are usually very, yeah. very, yep. very good at staying on top of that. They're good and at what work, they do. We work extremely close with them here and, mm-hmm. and, and keeping everything straight and even keel and letting them know when we hear and are seeing anything, and they do the same thing for mm-hmm. us. We were actually, it was, it was the 15 flood, we were down here duck hunting, and we were back at the camp, and we saw someone drive by that we didn't recognize. They had a big, uh, um, I forget what they, they're one of those lights that you put on top of your truck. They mm-hmm. have a control in the truck. I, yep. I can't, I, I know what they're called. I'm just going blank right now. But I was like, I don't know who that is, but that's suspicious. And uh, we called on them, and it was a, it was someone who had already they suspected had been shooting deer off the levee, and they had mm-hmm. been trying to catch them, and they caught them. They're good at what they no, do. These guys don't play, man. They, they know, they know every crevice of. of of the properties around here and 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 they work with all the landowners very very close and you know if you're going to be a landowner and or a hunter who has a piece of property whether you lease it or own it in my mind one of the people you need to be friend and be honest with and and do the right things with is your your local enforcement mm-hmm. agents especially in the game and fish yeah. division because yeah. they're they're all your eyes and ears when you're not there yeah. for some reason they they sometimes get a negative stick for being the bad guy you know mm-hmm. mr green jeans mm-hmm. or whatever but man they they are on your side. They're just doing their job. They ain't going to do you anything if you're doing yeah, anything they, right. They are on your side. Absolutely look, I, can, I know side. growing up as a young boy, I was a little heathen when it came to hunting and fishing down in South Louisiana and actually almost came, went to be a game warden. Uh, one of my very best friends mm. who who uh, did some of that uh, outlawing when we were kids is a game warden. He's a retired game warden. I yeah. never dreamed that he would have been a game warden. And um, Could I have done the job? I think so. But at the time, in my mind, I wasn't ready to quit doing the stupid things that I was doing <laughs> way back then. So I said, you know, if I'm going to go be a game warden, I'm going to have to put my whole family in jail, and that's not going to be good. <laughs> uh, well, we definitely have uh, some colorful few days ahead. Let's we do. See. Morgan's coming in today uh, uh-huh. to hunt with Brad, and that's going to be interesting and fun. We hadn't seen Morgan all year. Um, Will Will's still here. Um the You're high, still here. Brad's still here. The highlight we're, of the week, Jimmy's not. Jimmy's Jimmy, at ATA. He's Jimmy's missing all the high water fun. Yeah, you know, Jimmy Jimmy thought he was somebody else by, by the uh, ATA organization, the Archery Trade Association, putting him on as one of the board of directors. And now he's kind of second-guessing it because the <laughs> ATA show is always in January. Yeah. Usually we at this time of the year we're, we're, we're pounding on, on the ducks. We're hoping to – 
to uh, do a bunch of duck hunting, and, and usually that's when Jimmy's at the show, and we're sending him pictures of all the ducks we're killing, and he's just, you know, getting upset about it. But yeah. and, and there again, that's the other thing we're having tough times with too. You know, how do you we we can't, yeah, we can go duck hunting, but we got ducks, but good luck trying to kill them in yeah, this much water. They're everywhere. Oh gosh, yeah, I mean, you could go have yourself a fun shoot, but videoing like we're trying to do no. is just difficult. No, you're gonna wind up wet, losing a camera, and it's yeah. just so much there but you know what oh well so be it let the ducks have a little rest and enjoy that little you know every every few minutes or every few hours that water's coming up mm -hmm. a little bit more and washing up fresh stuff for them to eat and getting them fat and happy yeah. before they fly north right absolutely but um yeah we got definitely got in action-packed days we'll keep hunting lord willing we'll kill more deer lord willing we'll get a chance to go after some ducks and we can get yeah. everything over the levee before the river gets too high you know what i was i was hoping the viewers would would do and, and you i don't know if this is even mm -hmm. fair enough to ask of this but you know for us down here mm -hmm. other than flooding of the mississippi river and or maybe a widespread disease outbreak what what in your area or in your state or in your region have you ever had the Game of Fish Division and or the state close your season for any particular reason outside of the flood? Because I can remember one time in Canada they shut the season down because of the, the snow. They had yeah. such an immense amount of snow and all the deer were yarded up. And when that happens, people just ride around and find them and they just, you know, take advantage of them. So my question to some of the folks out there, if they want to email you yeah. or email us and let yeah. us know, have you ever had your deer season or hunting season close become a, because of some – natural right i don't want to call it a natural disaster phenomenon phenomenon natural yeah. phenomenon that or, or i think they call it a, a god's act is, right. is one of the ways they call it and if, yeah. if you've ever had that happen it'd be interesting to know around the region if yeah. anybody ever had that happen yeah i, I like that out question. west they do it with fires yeah some yeah i like that question a lot um definitely yeah that would be cool to talk about so and that'd if, be something you can talk about on your next podcast yeah too, for sure still uh, have the river the, the easiest way to do it probably if you if you're listening to this and you have one of these instances would definitely like to hear about it um direct message the instagram or the facebook page uh we have a hundred percent response rate on that so that awesome. would be the that would be the easiest thing to do um i think for now yeah it's eleven thirty. we gotta get we gotta get yeah, to I'm work gonna go put my wetsuit on and get my scuba tanks ready and uh you're we'll, gonna swim to we'll your spot we'll tonight? Swim across the river <laughs> and uh and if you remember the 2015 flood uh speaking of swimming and stuff if you remember that one scene when we drove up to one of our tree stands and that tree stand was 25 foot off the ground mm -hmm. and we drove up to it in the boat and took it off the tree yeah and never had to climb nothing just, just unchained it, it and set it in the stand that was 25 foot of water in that area i also remember hand grabbing 30 pound carp with our hands <laughs> me and you because i was river. looking out there yesterday to see if i could see him but yeah. there's so much water now it's, it's a little deeper <laughs> you and i missed that opportunity yeah but anyhow yeah the river definitely y'all if uh if you haven't seen the past shows, they're they're on YouTube now. Those they shows are, from yep. fifteen. If so, if you get any idea, go. To, if you want to get an idea of what we're talking about, the best thing you could do right now is one: we're posting some updates on our uh, Instagram story on the Primos Instagram page, or you can go to the Primos YouTube channel, go through the past show archives, and find the uh, the High River episodes. Yeah, it's from, called from the Rivers Rising. The Rivers Rising, and then uh, the Crest. The Crest. The that's right. Parts, because so. we we hunted, we were hunting, and then once the river crested and they closed the season we came back mm -hmm. to look at everything we actually i know y'all used to seeing us walking or driving up to the skinny shed but we drove up to the skinny shed in a boat on we this boated one. in yeah and we couldn't get in the door because the water was too That's high. right yeah. change the light bulbs at the skinny shed and in the boat <laughs> so anyhow guys i hope you enjoyed this episode we would stay and chat longer but we've got 
definitely got some work to do before we head out this afternoon. Um, as always, hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you have any questions, send them in. We will get to them. And as always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.